All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is your boy, Highlight Real, a.k.a. the Prince of Botch. And man, I have a great episode lined up for you guys today. I have a very special guest in the house. Man, this man is a man of many hats, let me tell you. This man is the managing editor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. He is the host of the Wink Daily, formerly known as the Winkly. And he is a commentator for Warrior Wrestling and a media marketing guy for the Bullet Club. Yeah, that's right. Bullet Club, too sweet, guys. You already know. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Mr. Nick Hausman. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for the wonderful intro there, Dwayne. Hey, no problem, sir. You know, that's how we like to do here at the Life's of Bosch podcast. We like to make everybody feel at home, everybody's family. We all love wrestling, and um, it's just great to have you on the show, man. We thank you for your time and uh, wanting to be a part today. My pleasure. The, I love the name, Life's a Botch. I mean, <laughs> it, it really is. So yeah. it's a great name. It's a good name for the show. Man, thank you so much, sir. Um, it, it definitely is one that we, you know, we like to let people know, you know, sometimes you're going to make a botch in life. You're going to make some of those. But, you know, either you're going to sit there and, you know, mope in it or you're just going to laugh at it, make some fun and correct what you learn from that. So uh, that's what we do here at Life's a Botch, baby. And uh, <laughs> that being said, let's go ahead and get some questions in for you, good sir, because we know we're on a time schedule for you. Um Let's see. Uh, first and foremost, I would love to know about your background, what got you into pro wrestling news and media. Uh, go ahead and tell the people a little bit about your, you know, your upbringing and what got you into this. Well, I mean, I grew up a wrestling fan. You know, I was uh, through the attitude. I was born in 85. So I really got to be uh, in my most formative years growing up during some of the best uh, pro wrestling uh, that we've ever seen. So that was nice. Uh, and then I moved to Chicago to do comedy, uh, met some pro wrestlers. Um, who were looking to branch out into comedy while I was doing it on a high level. And mm -hmm. then uh, one thing led to another. I wound up kind of being a manager around the Chicago scene here and um, made a lot of connections. And when I turned 30 and, uh, you know, at the time, uh, this was five years ago, NXT really wasn't where it was. There wasn't really, I mean, even now there's not really a road for managers to get to WWE. So I decided if I was going to make any money in this business, um, you know, I was probably better off moving into doing something where I could tell jokes every day about pro wrestling, um, which led me to journalism and working at WrestleZone. And now I, I'm the managing editor of Wrestling Inc. So it's been it's a, that's a 60 second sizzle reel on it. Um, but uh, that's the log and the short of how I wound up uh, kind of doing what I'm doing now. Man, that is so awesome. And um, definitely with comedy, man, I, I never really actually knew that about you. Uh, as a fellow listener of um, the Winkly and, and, and the Wink Daily, I mean, like, I, I never would. But, you know, I could always tell that about your personality because, I mean, just the way you would come in with the good mounted, like, it, it literally showed, like, you were definitely a man of great comedy. Like, you can hear it in your punchlines and, and just even with your presence, your vocal presence, like, you get that comedic feel a little bit. So that's that's awesome. And um, speaking of Wrestling Inc., uh, go ahead and talk about Wrestling Inc. as far as, like, the company as a whole. Like, where did it originate? How did it come about and become one of the biggest, if not the biggest, wrestling aura for, like, all things wrestling news-related? 
Yeah, well, uh, it was uh, founded in 1997 by Raj Geary, so I was 12. And um, <clears throat> Raj has really run the site ever since. You know, I've, I kind of work as his right-hand man these days, uh, help with interviews and hiring and going on site to cover events and things like that. Um, but Wrestling Inc. has been, you know, it's just one of the oldest pro wrestling sites. Raj always has done a very good job with it um, with years of, uh, you know, just name value and uh, credible reporting. Uh, we've just kind of kept our name alive. I mean, it's been over almost 25 years now the site's been in existence, and it just feels like it's growing, you know, every year it's gotten bigger. It's just, I've only been with the site about two years now, and uh, it's definitely um, it's been cool to watch some of the stuff that I wanted to work on more with the site, podcasting stuff, more firsthand interviews, especially getting out in the field, um, covering stuff on site. Uh, a lot of that has been, uh, been doing more and more of that over the past two years, and I've been very happy to see that. Man, indeed. Uh, it's been, I mean, as a fan, as someone in the podcasting game myself, it's definitely been amazing to see the growth and and really, especially with the expansion of media and, and social media and how things have made the world of wrestling and media so broadened now. Like, it's definitely amazing to see the growth of Wrestling Inc. And uh, you guys are definitely doing a great job. So, um, for you, definitely based off, as I mentioned in the intro, you are, you are a man of many hats. Uh, so what is life like for you on a daily right now as a managing editor, a commentator and, you know, media marketing specialist? Like, what is that like for you these days? Very tiring, Dwayne, <laughs> um, uh, especially, especially right now, uh, you know, we're a month away from WrestleMania. This is, you know, Super Bowl season for pro wrestling journalists. This is like, when the playoffs would be going on in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And uh, my girlfriend will attest that uh, I'm like always pretty tired by the end of the day. Uh, I wake up every day, I scan the news, get in touch base with my writers. Uh, I do the my daily show, the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Uh, I record that every day about 11 a.m. Central. It's up usually about an hour and a half later. Uh, I use my afternoons to schedule interviews. Um, and uh, I do a lot of networking with the different PR departments around the world of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, you know, Tom is in Japan um, and, you know, I'm working with the Bullet Club guys, guys like you mentioned. So I've ha mm -hmm. I've had a lot of late night meetings recently as we're getting ready for the Bullet Club beach party. Um, uh. So it's, it's an all day affair for me most days. I'm really looking forward to this weekend because mm -hmm. I think I'm actually going to get to have two days off, which is very exciting for me. <laughs> indeed man um you know we we definitely again this is this is what's so awesome about an interview like this it's, you know taking time out of your busy schedule man to just you know let 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 some people like us be able to hear you and 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 you know just get your thoughts and opinions on what you do from the outside looking in so uh definitely man we're looking forward to your rest as well because you do a lot and we thank you for it um now i did notice in your bio uh it did mention that you are a honorary BSK member there. So, uh, you know, to a lot of people who may not really know about uh, <clears throat> BSK, by all means, uh, can you expand uh, what that is right there for them? Sure. The BSK is the Bone Skull crew. Um, it was uh, the Godfather, the Undertaker, uh, Henry Godwin, Phineas Godwin, uh, Yoko Zuna, uh, and it may be one or two other guys were in BSK, but anyway, the, the bone, bone skull crew, um, the reason the word bone is included in there is because uh, that's what you call dominoes. You, uh, when you play dominoes, you're throwing bones. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have, uh, I had a friend of mine who did some jail time a couple years ago, um, who came out and then 
taught me how he threw bones in prison, which was quite an experience. And <laughs> really, you know, it gets very intense throwing bones. Um, and so I became pretty proficient. I play all the time with my girlfriend. We had Godfather come in to Chicago for a meet and greet um, at Duffy's around the corner from me. Uh, I think he was in for like SummerSlam or something like that to do a signing. And anyway, I got very, very intoxicated. And I told him that my apartment was across the street and that if I could go across the street and get my dominoes, I wanted to throw bones to them and I wanted to beat him. And he said, go get your dominoes. So I ran across the street, ran across the street all drunk, came back with the dominoes and I was like, we're playing. And so like they set me and Godfather up on the stage in front of this room while everybody's watching the show. And they're like, you can watch Nick play Godfather and dominoes if you want. And he beat me the first game, but I beat him the second game. And because I actually was able to beat him in a game of bones, he grabbed the microphone and he told everybody that I am now honorary BSK because I <laughs> beat one of the BSK guys. And so, you know, that's a big tip of that. It's a big tip of the hat. I'm also pretty good friends with Sean Waltman. Waltman has said nice things about me and how I would have probably rolled with the click back in the day, which is a nice mm-hmm. thing of Sean said about me as well. And here I find myself rolling with Bullet Club at the moment, and it's not a bad spot to be. I'm very blessed to be uh, able to, to get to do cool things with cool people. That's for sure. <laughs> Indeed, man. I mean, that's impressive. Like, that is so awesome to be tied in with a little bit of all of those clicks. Because to those who don't know their history about BSK, you know, that was kind of a rival group to the click, you know, back in the locker rooms back in the day, man, because the click was very dominant in those locker rooms. So, you know, to to have a little bit of the best of both worlds and then including the Bullet Club now, like, that is amazing. Well, yeah, but, you know, like, the thing about BSK and the click was, like, yeah, they were different backstage groups, but I've always been told that, you know, largely they all were looking out for each other. It's not like BSK was trying to, you know, get politically one up on click, uh, the click to, to move higher up on the card or anything like that. I, I always, from all the stories I've heard from those guys, there always seemed to be a, a sense of respect between both groups, even if they didn't necessarily ride the roads uh, and spend as much time with each other, that kind of deal. Good, man. I, I appreciate that clear up there, man, um, because I got that info from a little bit of doing my background checks on BSK. And, you know, and then I remember seeing the special with Godfather um, on the WWE Network, and he talked a little bit about BSK as well. And so, you know, it was always something a little thought. But um, going forth with you, good sir, um, I would like to know your thoughts uh, about today's state of pro wrestling right now. What, it, what are your thoughts on uh, pro wrestling as a whole in today's standards? Uh, it's a great time for pro wrestling, right? I mean, a lot of people are making money right now. There's a lot of people tuning in. Um, it's different than it was in the Attitude Era. Uh, I think that part of that has to do with um, the type of people that are involved in pro wrestling now, I think, um, are a little bit more maybe mature than the, than the people were in the Attitude Era. I think, yeah. there's, I, def- I think there's an appreciation for the athleticism in the sport with this generation of wrestlers. I'll put it that way. You hear a lot less... You know, about guys uh, doing too many drugs and steroids and things like that. You know, you got a lot mm-hmm. of guys out there now that are just good dads and, you know, just enjoying this. And, and uh, I think it's a healthier culture. Um, if no matter what kind of wrestling you like, um, you can find a good uh, quality of it. You like deathmatch stuff that's out there. You like intergender that's out there. Lucha mm-hmm. Libre, strong style, British chain wrestling. I mean, all of these styles. Uh, have found their own home. And and my biggest observation, I think, about the current scene is um, just how, you know, you hear it so many times in interviews with people over the, you know, over the years, you know, how wrestling is like a a buffet where you want a little bit of everything so people could try all that. I think that's kind of a dated 
idea now because uh, rather than like how wrestling used to be portrayed where it's like, oh, we'll have a couple luchadors and we'll do cruiserweights and we'll do some big guys. All of those different styles have found their own shows now. You know, they're wow. building whole sh just around those styles, right? Like you mm -hmm. don't get just one hardcore show. You're going to get a whole show of hardcore shows. You don't just get one intergender show. You can go find all these intergender shows. Same with Lucha. So I, I think that it's really cool to see uh, wrestlers committing more to their genres and exploring that and creating these shows um, that are more rich with one particular style as opposed to feeling like you need to cram eight, eight, nine different styles all into one card. I, I think that we're seeing a little bit more of a separation of the styles right now, which is not not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you, sir. Um, and I was going to touch on that in a uh, future episode with a couple of other guests I had. And, you know, it's it's funny, you, you, you hit that on the nail when you talk about how so many different styles of wrestling now, from the hardcore style and intergender style and lucha style, they all have their own promotions. And, you know, a lot of people were, you know, I, I was listening to a uh, podcast a while back and they were talking about how wrestling today uh, went from being in like a, a mixtape era to kind of like a SoundCloud era. And now it's like, it, it's, it's like everybody it's kind of past the SoundCloud era even now, because you can be an indie wrestler. And as they say, the indies are, are popping now. Like everybody has bookings coming from a little bit of everywhere to where you don't necessarily always have to be with the WWE or an AEW but if you get to those ranks, then, you know, you're doing just as well then even in the in the mainstream light. And uh, so it's it's good to see that so much is expanded for anybody in the business of pro wrestling, both whether on the media side or on the actual pro wrestling side. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, Cody Rhodes, he talks a lot about the DIY wrestlers now. Right. Do it yourself. Right. And it's it. <laughs> I, I feel bad saying this because I don't want to I don't want to not give credit where credit is due to a lot of uh, very good wrestlers at the moment. But mm -hmm. it is easier now to make a living in pro wrestling than it was 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> and by that, I mean, there are there are more schools. Uh, mm -hmm. It is easier to find these schools. Uh, it is easier to pivot out of that and start finding work and moving your way up the ranks just because of so how many how many promotions there are around the country and good ones too. Right. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, and I, and then once you get over a little bit and you're starting to get more bookings then you sell a shirt and now you're making shirt money. Cool. I'm making shirt money. Then maybe you launch a podcast. Okay. Now I'm making podcast money and now I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting more money for my booking fees. And all of a sudden you've got yourself a little, a nice little income stream that makes it possible for you to wrestle full time. And that's why mm -hmm. we're seeing so many guys pop off right now and just get blown up out of nowhere is because the model is there and the and the model has been refined. You know, you can thank Cole Cabana, you can thank whoever, uh, but the model is refined now and more guys are, are picking up to it. They're getting mm -hmm. creative, they're finding their own lane and they're making money right now. You know, it's crazy to me. I'm telling you, man, and, and as an artist myself, I mean, that's, that is pretty much the same uh, because music and wrestling have a very, very similar path. And I mean, this is the exact same way it is for artists. I mean, just like a wrestler, man, it's it's like you, you blow up online, you do some tours, and once you see like, okay, this city is listening to me the most, I'm going to go out there and do some shows. And like you said, the merch starts going up. The next thing you know, you're getting more shows booked and you're you're all of a sudden you're just traveling everywhere. And before you know it, 
you can do what you do on a full-time basis and be happy. So what a wonderful time it is for, for wrestling, for, for music, for culture, uh, everything in the social media age. And I'm very curious to see what life is going to be like in the next 10 to 15 years from now, uh, given what's going on currently. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, we're either all going to become really enlightened or kill each other. You know, it's going <laughs> to be like going to be a straight shot one way or the another. And I think we're all waiting to find out how that one goes. Yeah. I totally I totally agree. So, good sir, what I would love to ask you, Mr. Hausman, is um, what advice would you give based off of what you've done currently to date? What advice would you give to an aspiring editors, journalists, commentators, uh, you know, people like that out there in the pro wrestling industry uh, to combine what they love to do? Because, you know, with media, there's so many different ways you can go. But, you know, when you love pro wrestling and you're like, I love media, I love pro wrestling. So now I want to combine these two and I really want to do what a, what a Nick Hausman does. Uh, because Stephen A. Smith mentions all the time how, you know, hey, you can't be a Jay-Z or anything like that because that's one in a million. But you can be a Stephen A. Smith. You can go out here and cover and 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 be a beat writer and a journalist and you know so to someone who sees a nick hausman and is like hey i want to be a managing editor for wrestling inc one day or i want to be able to commentate and you know market some of these uh you know promotions and factions like a bullet club uh what, what advice would you give them um well, first of all, go take an improv class. If you've never taken an improv class, um, go take improv classes. Go find a good improv theater in your neighborhood and um, learn how to communicate and build on an idea um, from experts. Um, that is an invaluable bit of uh, uh, advice that will always help you through your entire career. Um, then go get engaged. And you don't really, you can do these both at the same time. Go engage your local independent pro wrestling scene. Um, I hate guys that just talk about the business that have never been a part of the business. No offense to you or anybody else out there, but mm -hmm. I think it is, uh, I think it is much more, I, I think you are going to have a much more textured opinion. I think you're going to be able to communicate with the wrestlers better. Um, engage your local independent pro wrestling scene, get involved, help set up the ring, learn about the business, right? Yeah. If you're just somebody that's sitting on the sideline and you bought a microphone and you just start talking about wrestling, you're wondering how am I going to get more? How am I getting more people to the table, you know, outside of, you know, jumping the Grand Canyon or doing some kind of spectacle? You win people over with your credibility, you know, and I've always mm -hmm. believed that. So go get yourself some proper communication training and improv school. Go get yourself engaged in uh, your local independent scene and then uh, go out and buy uh, good equipment. Go get a mixer. Go get a microphone. Uh, mm -hmm. Take it seriously. Uh, make a schedule. Um, dedicate yourself to doing something in a, in a routine. Uh, build on that routine, and uh, uh, you will, I think, if you do those things, be very surprised um, what new opportunities will present themselves to you because uh, you've really set yourself up with a good foundation of experience and uh, credibility and, uh, of course, good equipment to be putting out uh, good content. And you sound great, by the way. Dwayne, so. Oh, thank you, good sir. I do, you know, I do appreciate that. We always uh, do our absolute best here at Life's a Botch. And, uh, you know, we just try to make sure we do give the real. But that is amazing advice uh, because definitely a lot of people want to hear that. And, you know, I, sometimes I don't I don't feel like a lot of media gets the chance to explain their side of things because 
as as a wrestling fan, sometimes, uh, like you said, to the ones who don't really know the business, they just probably watch it. Too many times they, they want to attack the writers and be like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about or, oh, they, you know, this and this. And, you know, they like to play general manager and, and bookie and stuff like that. So it's always good to get that kind of advice uh, from a professional and just, you know, learn the ropes and understand, hey, how can you expand in something like this in this business? So that that's great advice. Thank you for that. If, if you find yourself sucked into the vacuum of you're saying the things that the fans are saying or that a lot of other people are saying, you have to accept the fact that you are going to have a more difficult time um, getting noticed. You know, so I'm not saying you need, I, look, be negative, you know, when it has its place, all that. But there's a lot of people that just think that's the way to get over is being negative. I think there's certainly something about, um, going out and, and knowing when it is appropriate to 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 say you like something and, and explain yourself, you know, give an informed yeah. opinion of so, anyway. Awesome. Cool, sir. Well, I do have uh, one more little thought for you, and then we'll let you get on your way, sir, because we do appreciate your time to take out. Uh, so far, really, with this week in wrestling, I would love to know if anything from Monday Night Raw or AEW and NXT last night, uh, did anything stand out from you last night? Any key things, uh, headlines stand out from you from this week? Sure. I thought Jake Roberts brought the fire um, on that mm. promo. Mm. You know, I thought, I thought Jake Roberts was just incredible. Um, you know, he's got a, a vigor for the business. I mean, watching him just run his hands on the ropes and kiss the mm -hmm. turnbuckle. <laughs> you know, you really you get sucked into that moment there where you're like, God, this man has earned this moment. And now yes. he's going to be doing what he does best, which is go be a bad guy. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, I saw I, I you know, some some fans say, oh, well, how come Jake Roberts can come back and cut a promo? And, you know, people are, are talking about how legends are taking their their spots or anything like that. And it's like, well, this isn't <laughs> this isn't we called in Goldberg, paid him five million, had him, had the feet <laughs> jump out in three minutes, you know, uh -huh. like, oh, yeah, Jake, yeah. You know, that, that that was that became all about Goldberg. And, you know, there's a certain resentment there from fans, you know, make of what you will say about the back end and how the business works. But, you know, with Jake, he's coming in here, cut a good promo, gave life to Cody right after his loss to MJF gave life to whoever it is that, you know, he's bringing in, which I would think would be Brody Lee. Um, I think it's uh, I thought he just did a really good job. He set the table really nicely for a lot of people to look really good. And it was just an excellent use of Jake Roberts. And, and I'll also just put over um, over on the NXT side of things. While I'm a little confused about who I'm supposed to like in Velveteen Dream versus the Undisputed Era, I thought that the uh, creative booking at the end of that, locking himself in the cage with Adam Cole and fighting everybody off, Dream looked like a big star, and I'd never really seen him in that top title picture before, but um, it definitely caught my attention. I really enjoyed what he did. I totally agree uh, on both of those accounts, by the way. Um, Jake the Snake, I mean, proves why he's the GOAT, and a lot of aspiring people who want to cut promos, man, he, he definitely gave a promo class 101 right there. Uh, so definitely shout out to uh, Jake the Snake Roberts from right here in Stone Mountain, Georgia, by the way. You know, shout out to the Georgia natives that are listening right now. And um, definitely, I agree. Velveteen, man, he's definitely one of my favorites. And uh, I like the fact that he just continues to climb the ranks. Uh, it's about time to see him in that NXT title picture at this point because he's won the North American Championship. Uh, 
never really tagged with anyone, so I don't think he ever needed to go after the tag team title. So, I mean, all that would be left for him since he's not on the main roster yet would be to, you know, take a run at the NXT title. And uh, Adam Cole has beaten just about everybody at this point. So I could, I could see that as a nice feud there uh, that would that would be continuing. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, for me, I definitely would say uh, seeing the Street Profits uh, capture the tag team titles, you know, that was a nice, pleasant surprise that I didn't expect. Uh, you know, I was kind of curious as to why that probably happened on Raw versus Super Showdown, but I was like, I could, I could work with that, you know. Um, uh, they, they did the SmackDown tag title switch at, at Super Showdown. True, they did. They, I did notice that they did that, so it would be kind of weird, I guess, to do two title changes in one night. Yeah, um, just want to spread them out. I think is what that was all that was. Spread it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, um, I know they have the rematch coming up. Uh, I believe at Elimination Chamber this Sunday. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if that was just like a, uh, you know, like a little surprise moment, and then they turn the titles back over to Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins, or if they're gonna continue to ride this wave with the Street Profits and see what they can do, uh, with the tag team titles. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah. I guess the last, you know, um, one last oh. thing. Oh yes, sir. Real quick about the Street Profits, though. Like, you said how it caught you up by surprise, caught me by surprise. Don't you wish there'd have been, like, a little bit more of, like, a, a story or a push with the Street Profits going into that moment? Like, I, I'm not unhappy about the Street Profits being tag champs. I think it's great, good for them. It mm -hmm. just, it just, you know, it just kind of happened, right? Like, I don't, you know, that's what's, it's like, I want I want Street Profits to have, like, a compelling storyline. It's like we said, it's like, we don't really know where they're going to go. <laughs> they with right now. I don't know. You know, you know, it's just I, I'm looking for something a little more compelling with those guys. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you on that. Just because, uh, to be honest, I mean, it's mania season, you know, so this is usually the type of time where you want to build a story with the tag team titles and the tag division right now on both sides. It seems to just be all over the place. I mean, it's like we're trying to invest in it, but then like you randomly pair two people up and give them the titles, and then. You bring a real tag team like a Street Profits or War Raiders and you have them win it. And, you know, I, I really do hope they do more with this. Uh, I do. I, I do agree. They should have, you know, built the story up a little more to this, uh, you know, and it, it really seems like it's caught in the crossfires of the war between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins right now. Like, I, I it, you know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I feel I feel so bad for Kevin Owens in this situation because. I just feel like his and Rollins stuff is just getting so lost in the muck. You know, it's like there's all there's like eight guys around him. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how we're going to get to the the confrontation here or or if we do, because I kind of get the vibe like Murphy could turn on Rollins. And like that seems like <laughs> a way more interesting storyline to me. You know, maybe you save that for after Mania. I don't know. But I just I'm, feel bad for him right here. He's like third fiddle in his like own feud. <laughs> I know, man, there's so much going on that has you just like, you know, I don't know what's on creatives minds right now. I mean, I know it can get hectic trying to, you know, prove things through Vince and then he switches them up and is like, nah, I don't like this. So it, it, it's interesting to see where they go. And I do. I'm like you. I feel bad for Kevin Owens. He was with Samoa Joe and it seemed like they were going to win the tag team titles and Samoa Joe's doing dealing with injuries. And now it's just kind of KO by himself. And the War Raiders appear since they dropped the titles. They seem like they're just going down the ladder uh, for whatever reason. So it's all just uh, very uh, out in the air now. So uh, hopefully with the Street Profits, we'll see what happens. And hopefully they don't like get lost in the sauce, if you will, 
of of this feud. <laughs> so, um, but one last thing for you, Mr. Hausman, is uh, speaking of Mania, uh, I know you said you're going to be very, very busy. So, based off of the current card, is there anything sticking out to you the most as what you're most excited to see from this card so far? Well, Edge Randy Orton. I mean, mm. it's going to be great, right? Yes. I mean, Edge should murder this man, you know, <laughs> and, he probably, and he probably will, which yeah. is going to be great, you know? So I think Edge Randy Orton, that's the match that's running away with my attention. As far as, like, non-WWE matches that weekend that are grabbing my attention, I'm very excited about John Moxley versus Josh Barnett at Bloodsport. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, I think that I think the TNA pay-per-view as a whole will just be something very interesting. Um, so there, you know, and then of course the Bullet Club Beach Party will be great, but there's, you know, <laughs> that, the, uh, the, the WWE thing, uh, mine would be Randy Orton Edge, but the whole weekend there's going to really be so much great action that weekend. It's going to be cool to see. Yes, indeed. I totally agree um, on both accounts because uh, Edge and Randy Orton is definitely going to be a show stealer, especially because it's, it's Edge's first match back. And I, I know he's just got it in his heart to really just show these, you know, the fans what he still has in him, you know. So uh, and no better candidate than someone like Randy Orton to bring that out of him, you know. And he's he's arguably at his best right now as a heel. Like this is the best I've seen him in a long time as a heel factor. So um, it's, I can't wait to see that. And Mania Weekend in general is always just amazing. I love how outside promotions are now starting to do things around Mania. And it's just like, this is this is amazing, you know. So I, I you know, hopefully uh, other leagues, you know, like the NFL and the NBA, you know, hopefully they can take note from things like that as far as, you know, if there's any... Like uh, the NBA has the big three league, you know, uh, Ice Cubes League, you know, maybe uh, with the finals, you know, probably do something to get people ready for that league coming in the summer. And the XFL we see is getting positive reaction. Maybe if they partner up with the NFL around Super Bowl time, you know, for next year, probably get something amped up. You know, just, you know, I love how how the wrestling business is innovative with that and, uh, you know, coming together and just doing parties and events and all of that for the wrestling community, man. So Tampa is definitely going to be a exciting place that hopefully the coronavirus doesn't try to uh, take over, if you will. <laughs> spooky, man. Right. That's like a real thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's getting, it's getting serious out here, people. So stay safe, stay protected and uh, enjoy your mania season. If you can, most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Having me, uh, having me on, Dwayne. I had a great time here today. Uh, please have me back. We can talk some more pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, after Mania season, I'll, I'll have a little bit more pep in my step. I a little more pep in your step. Hey, say it, no more. It, it's it's a long try. You know, it's like I say, this weekend's be great. Last weekend we had Revolution here in Chicago, and I was up to like two o'clock in the morning on Sunday, oh. transferring these post scrum interviews and things. And I'm not complaining. It's just like the yeah. body is there, the brain is there, the, the will <laughs> is wavering. You know. Like, <laughs> Absolutely, sir. I, as a as a podcaster myself, trust me, it takes a lot of will to consistently just get get these episodes together and and tag team with my buddy Derek here, who does a whole lot for uh, the OTS brand that I'm under. And yeah, it's it's a lot, man, but uh, it pays off so much just to work hard and continue to put yourself out there and continue to just show people what you're made of. So again, Mr. Hausman, we thank you so much for taking the time out to be a guest on the show. Uh, really quickly, if you can, go ahead and tell listeners all over where they can find you and, you know, just talk wrestling with you. 
Sure, yeah, I'm at House Rebel over on Twitter. That's H-A-U-S. Uh, I host the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Go subscribe to us on iTunes. It's Monday through Friday. It comes out around noon, noon 30-ish, Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, a lot of great guests. We had we already had Joey Janela on this week. Uh, we have Crowbar tomorrow. We had Connor from The Ascension on yesterday. Uh, Trevor Murdoch was on today. So uh, a lot of a lot of cool content Monday through Friday for me at Wrestling Inc. on the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Uh, when is this going out? Is this going out today or tomorrow? Next week, uh, when is this going out? Actually, this is going to go out literally tonight, hopefully. Um, Derek will definitely have this posting up as quickly as possible. So the goal is to have it between today and tomorrow. Okay, cool. Well, that's fine, because I just need to know if it was going out before Sunday, because if you're in Chicago, if you're in the Chicagoland area, I am hosting a WWE Elimination Chamber pay-per-view viewing party at Replay Lincoln Park up at Sheffield in uh, Diversity. Uh, it is a very cool bar. It is a barcade. There are no children allowed. It is 21 and up only. So if you'd like to come drink fine craft beers with other adults and scream at professional wrestlers, and also, uh, what's that? Free arcade games, free pinball. Uh, yeah, it's an arcade bar. Uh, you can play all kinds of cool stuff. They have the old school uh, WrestleMania uh, arcade game. Uh, and the Superstars arcade game, they got like a couple of wrestling ones there. Wow. So, uh, dude, it is so dope. And on top of that, it's like a pop-up bar where they like always like give it cool themes and stuff. Right now, the whole bar is decked out Lord of the Rings. They have like a 15-foot Gandalf in there. They got the ISOR on in there. So you're going to get drunk, you're going to go watch some wrestling, and you're going to go pose with a dragon. And there's very, <laughs> there's very few things, very few times in your life where all of those things are going to line up. So if you're in Chicago, you don't miss it. It's free. It's a Sunday. Replay Lincoln Park. There we go. That's my final plug. Hey, you know what? As we like to say here on Life's a Botch, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you call a good shameless plug, ladies and gentlemen. So be sure to check that out if you are in the Chicago area. I might have to make a trip to the Chicago area myself and check this out. Derek, I think we're going to have to take a trip to Chicago. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, again, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, rest this weekend, please, and we will definitely talk soon, sir. Thank you, Dwayne. All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure that you give us a five-star review. Leave your comments. Leave your reviews. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're loving. And, uh, hey, that's how we do it here at the Life's a Botch Podcast. And until the next time, I am Dwayne Dickey, a.k.a. The Highlight Reel, a.k.a. The Prince of Botch, baby. And I will talk to you guys soon. Peace!